Hey guys, how are you? So, um, I just wanted to record um, this quick episode. You know, I was gonna like make my bed up, and then I realized that I, they, you know, the things were in the dryer, and then I opened it, and it's like kind of wet, and I'm like, this is not fun. So, while it's drying, I was like, you know what? I might as well make this other episode. So, um, one thing that was really a big, big, uh, I guess, win for me in a genealogical sense is that I recently just got sent my fourth great-grandfather's baptism. Now, this is, like, you know, incredible. You know, he was born almost 200 years ago, so we're talking about a baptism from quite some time ago in the early 1800s. And um, I think that, you know, I'd been looking for more information on him for... Probably, um, I mean, I don't even know, like three years now. Uh, And I'm going to give you guys a little bit of information about how I went about clarifying who he was and how, you know, sometimes in um, if you're just doing family research and, you know, you're not really getting into um, the genealogy aspect of it, you know, you could have some false information and you definitely don't want to let that kind of, you know, steer you in the wrong direction, right? And so I think this is kind of like a a time where, you know, you might want to talk about the difference between, um, you know, family history and genealogy. I feel like a lot of family historians will just kind of go and you know they'll they'll say okay whatever somebody has something on ancestry it looks cute let me just plug it into my tree and accept it as whatever um and you have a family tree and you're like oh here we go right um and the thing is um you can't always just take what someone has in their tree for the truth you can't just say oh well this person has it in their tree so it must be it must be the real deal it must be correct um not always you know um for example with this um this fourth great grandfather um i had to do some genealogical research meaning i had to kind of not like dig into it a little bit more I had to know where to get the information and know how to, you know, get a hold of it. Um, Because ultimately I found out that um, I I really needed to access like the the records in person, which I was nowhere near. And so sometimes that's also something you want to keep in mind that sometimes the stuff that you need is not maybe on the Internet. They I think somebody gave a stat that only 10% of genealogical records are on the Internet. So the vast majority are not even there. So it doesn't necessarily mean that it doesn't exist. It means that it's just simply not on the Internet. And so you definitely want to remember that just because you don't see it when you're looking, even if you're looking on a website that gives you a paid subscription like Ancestry, it still might not be there, despite the fact that it seems like Ancestry has a lot, a lot of stuff. There's still... You know, there are still more things out there that are just not on their database. And things are being continuously uploaded um, as we, you know, with time. I've I've seen things um, get uploaded in the past year even. And I'm like, wow, this wasn't here last year. And then I look at the date and I'm like, oh, wow, somebody just uploaded a gem, you know. So um, to kind of start from the beginning with my um, 
with this uh, fourth grade grandfather of mine. Um, so how it kind of started was um, I have the, you know, his son, right, um, was my third great grandfather. And um, he married this woman. And the initially when I was on, um, you know, ancestry and I, bu- I was building my tree, it's telling me that my third great grandfather married his first cousin, which if you're a Creole, you're like, you know, it might say like, and, you know, because that just happens with us. We, um, a lot of us used to, and, um, you know, still to this day, um, marry our cousins because clearly there's nobody else to, to marry apparently. Um, but that's, that, that happened, especially, you know, back in the 1800s. Um, so I was like, whatever, you know, that, whatever, you know, uh, but then it started to get a little interesting, right? And um, I uh, actually um, started to dig into the, uh, the stuff a little bit um, further because um, initially what they said was, okay, my, my, they said that, okay, my third great-grandfather, his, they said that his dad was a, an, a man named Francois. Right. And um, so I initially did not know that. um, Well, okay, let me uh, rephrase that. Okay, they said that uh, a lot of people said that he was his like his dad was Paul. Right. But, you know, I could see why, because there was a Paul with the same last name and actually had uh, a son by the same last name. And, you know, the crazy thing about this is, and this is why sometimes you have to kind of like explore even, you know, um, if you don't think like someone is the right person, you might want to do kind of like, I don't know if this would count as like the negative evidence that, you know, some genealogists and um, some geneticists talk about. uh, But essentially what we when we're talking about negative evidence and stuff like that, we're, we're essentially trying to prove that this is not correct. Right. So if we're starting with my third great grandfather, right. And, um, I wasn't really sure about the identity of his father. Right. And, um, and so some people were saying it was Paul and I was like, all right, well, um, okay, sure. Um, but then when I looked into it and I saw that some people were looking at a census that had, um, you know, someone who they thought was my uh, third great grandfather with, um, you know, some somebody named Paul. Right. So how I determined that that wasn't the right individual was I had to um, essentially. Well, I had to, I kind of knew before I found this document, but what I eventually found was the marriage certificate of my third great grandfather, right? Um, and I knew, I knew it was him because it had my third great grandmother on it, obviously, and it had her parents on it, and I had already known her parents, right? Um, I knew, I, I knew it, right? You know? So I, I got a copy of that and I saw, okay, well, and I actually had the physical copy as well. And then I saw the, the, you know, the names of his parents on the marriage, um, license and it had, that it's, it's 
his um his father's name was Antoine, uh, Antoine and not Paul, and so um, somehow later on the line it began uh, to be this sort of um, I don't know people were saying that Antoine and Paul were the same person. I mean, is that possible? I mean, uh, maybe you know sometimes people have. Um, you know, different names, like a middle name or something like that, you know, how it's common today. And some people, uh, including my mom, my mom goes by her middle name, right? And so, you know, there are people who always have known my mom, you know, like by her middle name, but like, if they look her up in like legal documents, they're going to be like, who the who is this, you know? Um, so there, that's kind of how it is sometimes. And especially back then when things were a little bit more informal, you might have some people telling their middle name on like a document or something like that. And then maybe at other times they would say their actual legal first name. So that sometimes happens. Like, for example, I always called my fifth grade grandfather. Well, not literally called him because he was really dead by the time I was born, obviously. But I always knew him from the documents and everything as Voltaire. But then I sometimes saw him being like called Etienne. And I knew it was the same person because it was kind of like he had maybe about 12 kids. And so if you have like census records, it would be all the same, like the same wife, you know, the same all 12 kids. He's like, yeah, that's definitely him. But it would have sometimes Voltaire, sometimes Etienne. And then I realized that uh, Etienne was his real name and Voltaire was just kind of like a nickname or something like that. Um, and that was, uh, you know, apparently a thing in um, Creole culture. They would have like sort of a name they would go by. Because um, a lot of people, if you haven't realized, um, a lot of Creoles have the same name. There's a lot of, you know, a lot of Paul, a lot of Marie, a lot of Francois, you know, a lot of Etienne, you know, a lot of Jean Baptiste, a lot of Françoise, a lot of Rose, you know, th things like that, you know, very similar um, <clears throat> names, right? So people would have like other names that they would kind of maybe be known by to kind of distinguish people, you know? Um, and so I, w I had to figure out at that point, okay, well, was my fourth grade grandfather, um, you know, was he Paul or was he Antoine? And so because of the fact that people were conflating these two individuals, they essentially said that, all right, well, Paul is the son of, remember I said Etienne, mm -hmm, him, and you know, another one, his wife, right? Uh, and that would make, okay, so if that were true, that would make my third great grandparents first cousins. Uh, there's a way to kind of do a little bit of negative evidence to kind of rule that out, okay? Um, if you are thinking that you have, uh, you know, people in your family, like, you know, direct ancestors that are related, you are going to see that, like, your DNA matches are going to, like, you're going to share more DNA, right? Okay? So, if your parents are first cousins, right, you're going to have maybe what you call maybe a second cousin, but you share the same amount of DNA as someone would share with their first cousins does that make sense like your second cousins but ancestry will tell you that you're probably first cousins because you just share a crazy amount of dna because you're double related since your parents are cousins okay 
Um, now the thing is, and I actually spoke to, um, you know, um, a very, um, if you all know, um, Dr. Um, Leah, okay, um, I'm blinking on her last name, I don't know why, but, um, the genealogy geek, right, um, very great woman, definitely has a lot of stuff, uh, and I definitely, you know, um, look to her sometimes for advice, especially when it comes to, like, the, the genetic parts of things and stuff like that, which, you know, can get a little, um, definitely can get a little complicated, right, so, um, the thing is, uh, Larkin, Dr. Larkin, right? So Dr. Larkin, um, and it might be Leah Larkin. Yeah. Um, she, uh, you know, I, she was telling me that, you know, because the, um, it, you know, the, um, the ancestors that were cousins or possibly cousins as far back, you might not see the inflated DNA sharing uh, on, on your end. I don't know at the time whether I had my grandmothers, but I think she was saying that even if it were like, okay, because these were her great grandparents, right? Um, and, you know, even if it, if we're dealing with great grandparents, maybe you'll see a little bit of like that sort of, like I said, elevated um, amount of DNA you're you're shared, sharing between your cousins, but it's still a little. It's not the same as if you like your parents were the ones who were first cousins. Does that make sense? Um, so that like will it, it will get you know you're gonna see the numbers kind of level off after you know the farther you get away from like that. Um, like I guess you could call what do you want to call it incest or I don't even I don't think it would be called incest, but it's just endogamy, right? Um, like for example, if your fifth grade grandparents were first cousins, you're not going to, you're definitely not going to see any weird things with your DNA matches or anything like that. Right. Cause it's just too far back. Right. Okay. Um, so I was like, yeah, I was looking at that. I wasn't seeing anything weird, but then also I had to continue because remember at this point we confirmed that my third great grandfather, his father was, uh, Antoine. But to kind of confirm that um, that Antoine was not Paul, I actually um, found them both in the same census with different families. And so I, I was pretty confident that they were not the same person. Um, and mind you, both Antoine and Paul did have sons with the same name who were coincidentally born around the same time so you know they of course don't make it easy for you right <laughs> um and so i was like all right well i see paul and antoine same census they're with different families like they're in different households that could probably be a, a good enough evidence to confirm like yeah we're not dealing with the same individual right um, if you're dealing with a time before maybe like you had like nice censuses like 1850 and up, uh, you know, that's going to be tough, right? Um, then you might have to use um, my evidence number two. So I was lucky enough to find a probate um, record for my fifth grade 
grandparents, right? So these are Paul. Uh, these are his parents. But mind you, because of my third great grandmother, I'm still re- the, the, I'm still related to them, even if I'm not like, like, you know what I mean? Like I like either way, like I would be related to them, like these like my fifth grade grandparents speak, it would just be a matter of, am I double related to them or not? Okay. So, um, I, I, you know, I read through the record and the, the record clearly listed out, you know, like I said, my fifth grade grandparents had a lot of children, like 10. So listed out all of them, including the dead ones, the ones, cause, um, when my fifth grade grandparents died, I don't know if they didn't like have a will or God knows what, but I think they did, but it was kind of complicated, right? Because um, how um, how it was kind of working was they had all these kids, right? And they were each entitled to a certain amount of money. Now, the issue was the, remember I said some of their many children actually died before they did, right? Because um, they both, my fifth grade grandparents lived like a pretty long life, like, I mean, to 70, 80, you know, around that time, um, you know. And so in this 18, I believe it was 1883 uh, court um, case, the their grandchildren were like, look, well, my parent was supposed to inherit money from my grandparents. And so since my parent is dead, like, can I get the money? Like, and I think, I guess that's fair, but that's what they, that's what they said. Right. And they want that money. Like they, they actually split. So what they did was, let's just say there were 10 kids. Well, if, uh, there was one tenth that was supposed to go to, um, the, uh, I don't know, like, um, the, the parent, because the parent was dead, if he had two kids, then they would each get 120 and 120. Does that make sense? And, and, you know, it might seem like a little amount, but you know, if your grandparents had a decent amount of money, 120, if a thousand is still, you know, I'd be like, I'll take it, you know, especially back then, you know, it probably was a decent amount of money. Um, and they got that money, right? So the thing is, back to what we're talking about, like a- Antoine was not listed as one of their children. And I'm pretty sure if he were their son, he would have been listed, right? He was alive at the time. And like I said, they listed all the, even the ones who had died, right? Paul was listed and Paul's children were listed as well. Because I think, um, oh gosh, I think he might have been dead, Um Paul had maybe died by that time, um, but uh, th- they did list him, right? And I knew that, like, look, like, these are not, like, my, like, I knew that my third great grandfather had so many siblings and Paul only had two kids. So it's like, that's not adding up. So you have to definitely look at all of this. So I used that, like, will or probate record to kind of confirm that, look, um, Antoine is not the son of these people because if he were, he would have been in the probate probate record. Okay. So then I began on a long journey to find out who Antoine's parents are. It was really weird. And sometimes you'll see that I've seen this um, multiple times where um, a person kind of marries into a family and they just move in. Interestingly, I've seen it um, maybe, um, I've seen it maybe more so with um, men marrying women and they just kind of like 
getting absorbed into the girl's family when i feel like you know a lot of time and like people just think it's like the opposite um but yes that happened so with antoine the first record i have of him was um was essentially the um the like an 1860 census i didn't really have anything prior to that so i was like wait a minute he was born in the 1830s so like what's going on um and i had nothing and i i was like i'm pretty sure he was a free man of color so he should have been in like obviously if he was in the 1860 that means he he was free before you know the emancipation um he could have been recently freed but i was like eh, i don't know um so and i you know i still don't have like a hundred percent um you know confidence that he was free like well before you know 1860 but i do um now at least know who his parents were and eventually what i had to do was i was like look i had to think about you know resources and this is why like if you are from oh my gosh if you are from a latin area you are so blessed in terms of genealogy because the catholic church was on it they had their records and they were great record keepers they kept records of not only like you know like white people but free people of color and they even kept records of enslaved people right so if your enslaved ancestors were catholic it is very likely well i'm not gonna say very likely but it's likely that they were recorded in some sort of a catholic record because the catholic church recorded um marriages between enslaved individuals they recorded um baptisms by like you know by enslaved people for enslaved people and everything okay so um interestingly uh, antoine i found that he was a little younger than i thought i found that you know and, and I and I knew that the Catholic Church would have something. So that's part of being a good genealogist. Like you might not be able to um, access in with your little hands all of the little things that you need to make um, your uh, solve your little genealogy cases and stuff like that. But you need to know where to go to get them, and you need to know who will have those things that you're looking for. So I knew that my family on that side was Catholic, very Catholic, très très catholique. So um, I was like, all right, well, let me ca- contact the Catholic Church. I had to figure out who to contact. Um, you know, I had to pay a little money or whatever because you know they're not going to do all this work for free. But um, they were able to find a baptism um, for my fourth grade grandfather, Antoine, who was born in 1835, which I think is just amazing for me to hold that in my hand. That was almost 200 years ago. Are you kidding me? Um, and I found out not only, you know, that led me to find out my big question, like who his parents were. And um, now I think, you know, because, uh, you know, genealogists are insatiable, we are... Um, looking for his uh, you know trying to find out like go even further back i think now we're trying to figure out if um you know um like if his parents are these individuals that we're seeing in other records um you know we might be dealing with something tough where it might be a uh, a situation where there is um where there's um 
like uh, I think his mom might have another name that's being used and the dad um you know has a pretty common name is Toma so it um it is it, complicated but the interesting thing is that we I'm um I've been in contact with one of my um another genealogist that I'm working with um with this and we've been looking at some things um we are actually trying to figure out if um Thomas like Antoine's father is Thomas Midar uh his full name oh my god his name is so long Thomas Carlos Midar Pure right so we're trying to figure out if that is his dad like if those are the same people um he that would make his dad uh on the younger side when he had them but um not super i mean he would have been um maybe about 21ish um you know something like that young 20s around that and so i don't know i don't know um but the interesting thing is do you know who Thomas Mid- Carlos Midar Pure is he is the younger brother of Etienne Voltaire So remember I told you my fifth great grandfather who had the probate case, right? With all with all his many children. He has a brother named Thomas. So maybe Antoine was not his son as we just proved, but perhaps that was his nephew. that's really possible they were living in the same city they have the same surname um i mean that's possible it could it could have very well been his nephew and i actually found out a case like that because a lot of people to make it even more complicated atn uh, right people had his father listed as someone like the wrong person and i actually found that the person that a lot of people had listed as his father was actually his uncle and when you look through the catholic records and like the baptisms and the this and the that they're going to often have people who were in attendance or sponsors and stuff like that which really really allows you to connect things so well because it can patch together family oh my gosh um like for example in Antoine's um you know baptism it was sponsored by a woman named Marie Cassonave and i think that just might be his grandmother right a lot of the time the sponsors could, would be grandparents you know they would be at their grandchild's birth or baptism i think that's fair and why i think that even more is because the um okay so marie uh, casonave i don't obviously know if it's the same one but you know a mas- somebody with the same name uh in the same town has a child that um that has his mom's maiden name so i'm like oh like is that like antoine's grandmother right and then interestingly i think in one of marie casonave's other um like maybe one of her other children or something like that there's a thomas 
So I'm like, wait a minute, these families are all connected and you're going to see that. I mean, just, you know, sponsors are sometimes friends and neighbors. So don't just like think that it's only family. I'm not going to like promote that because that's not true. Right. Um, But I will say that it could be his grandmother. It could be. But we have to do more research. That's the thing. We can't draw conclusions. But since we have this document, we do know at least that, um, you know, um, that these are his parents. Right. And um, definitely, I would say, like, don't don't pay too much attention to through lines. It's helpful. But if people have the wrong information, it will steer you down the wrong path. Even though we've entered into the correct parents for Antoine, there's the through lines is still telling us that it's a whole different set of people. And it's so wrong. It's going against the paper trail. It's going against a lot of things. So don't rely on that too much. But um, I think we're going to end it here. Um, I didn't expect this to be that long. But um, yeah, I, I hope, you know, my process and how I went through this really helps you all in your genealogical, genealogical journeys and stuff like that. And I hope you make great discoveries. Bye.